Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bryce Williams, Vice President of Mind-Body Medicine at Blue Shield of California, and your host for this episode of the Healthy Dose of Dialogue podcast. Joining me today is my friend, Sami Inkinen. Sami is co-founder and CEO of Virta Health, a company that prides itself at being the first clinically proven treatment to safely and sustainably reverse type 2 diabetes without medications or surgery. Tommy and Virta are driven by their mission to reverse type 2 diabetes in 100 million people by 2025. Tommy is a true renaissance man and innovator, co-founder of the home search app Trulia, chief rower with his wife where they broke a world speed record rowing from California to Hawaii in just 45 days, and now Virta. In this episode, we'll get Sami's insights on our collective battle with type 2 diabetes and how Virta is fundamentally changing the way diabetes is treated and cared for. Having spent a good portion of my career focused on lifestyle medicine as a treatment or cure for a host of reversible conditions, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Sami, thanks for joining me. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for having me here. Excited to join. Well, let me ask you this. I, I know you've told this story before, but our listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work might want to know what motivated you to launch Beer to Health and dedicate yourself and your organization to reversing type 2 diabetes. As you mentioned before, our, our mission at Verda is to reverse type 2 diabetes in 100 million people. And first of all, I would say I'm probably the least likely person to start a company like this. I was born and raised in Finland, a physicist by training, so I'm not a doctor, as you mentioned. Then I spent or have spent most of my career in tech, founding truly and so forth. And even on top of that, nobody's going to solve type 2 diabetes. How do you solve that? It's, it's a disease of people not doing what they know they should be doing. In other words, pretty much everyone knows, you know, don't eat too much and exercise and stay healthy, don't gain a lot of weight. Like, how do you solve that? Bottle of willpower? Sell it in a store? I guess that's where I was coming from. So long way of, of starting to answer your question is to say, I'm probably the least likely person to be a founder or the founder of, of Verda Health. And so what happened to me, everything pretty much changed around 2012. So turns out, yes, I was pretty healthy, doing a lot of endurance sports, even to the point that I, I won the world championship in triathlon in my age group. And then everything changed. Soon after that, I discovered that I was pre-diabetic and on my way to becoming type 2 diabetic. And understandably, I was puzzled. I thought, wait a second. I thought I am not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. How is this happening to me? And so, you know, I've always been curious as a physicist and generally just curious person. And I wasn't the person who discovered the science how to reverse type 2 diabetes, but I stumbled on these scientists who then became my co-founder. And I would say that the punchline to me was in order to address type 2 diabetes and perhaps even reverse the disease, it's less about how much you eat and more about what you eat. And there lies the science behind how do you actually go and reverse type 2 diabetes. The one-line version is that 2014, I teamed up with two scientists who said, hey, we have a way to reverse type 2 diabetes. If you can figure out how to scale, how to do this safely, how to support the patient, I think there's something here. And I said, well, that's definitely my background. I've been in tech all my life, and 
telemedicine is coming and maybe we can kind of put the support and medical supervision and effectively doctors into the pockets of patients with or through smartphones. You know, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Cause I think there's an old saw about it. It takes uh, something like almost two decades for clinical research to make its way into the practice of healthcare. So we actually need uh, individuals from outside of the healthcare space to kind of come in and, and kind of challenge some assumptions. And, and I also love your comment about willpower early on, right, and your personal experience, like who potentially would have more willpower, right, than, than somebody who runs Ironman tri- triathlons and wins world championships, but you still had a lived experience that, that was different and, and kind of gave you a different mm-hmm. perspective on that. And then when you founded Virta, uh, so we talked about reversing type 2 diabetes um, and, and your journey to saying, hey, let's, let's actually found a company to reverse it. But could you describe how Virta actually does it? Like, what is Virta's approach to reversing diabetes? And I think most importantly, what makes Virta's program sustainable, particularly in this world where so many, quote unquote, wellness and weight loss and treatment solutions are, are, are nothing more than flash in the pan. So I'd love to hear more about what is the Virta approach and, and what, what makes it stick. One of the decisions we made very early on in, in Virta's journey was that we started a prospective clinical trial, which is now five years into, and we published 10-week results, one-year results, two-year results, three-and-a-half-year results, and now we're in the process of writing a five-year paper, and obviously it's now all published and peer-reviewed. So you're absolutely right. Reversing diabetes for three months or six months or 12 months isn't really that helpful, or I would say 12 months is starting to be helpful. If you get to two years, it's a total game changer. So just in terms of results, we've been able to show that at one year, 60% of our, our patients have type 2 diabetes reversed, which means they're completely off of diabetes medications like insulin, so completely off. So Indeed, as bold as it sounds to say that we reverse or put type 2 diabetes into remission, it is possible, and we've shown that in a prospective clinical trial, and then, then now tens and tens of thousands of patients uh, nationwide. But you ask, how do you do that? And uh, it's relatively easy to explain, complicated to deliver, uh, very complicated to deliver, particularly at scale. But it's really two things. Two things have to come together. One is a new way of delivering care and support patients, and we call it continuous remote care. And what that means in practice is rather than supporting patients, say, three times a year or seeing their doctor three times a year, we support our patients two, three, or four times per day. And this is not just an app or digital, but we have actual licensed providers and coaches and other care team members who monitor patients remotely and then interface with them and support them, safely de-prescribe medications, provide behavior support, and just generally solve obstacles that patients have. So that's one part of it. Uh, how do you deliver intensive support in an outpatient setting? And technology obviously helps, helps us to do that. So that's one part of it. But that's not enough, because if you tell people to do the wrong thing, or if you're trying to instill willpower, which we know doesn't work, nothing happens. So the second part is we use something as simple as nutrition, nutrition through behavior change to achieve these outcomes. Um, And the science centers around individualized carbohydrate restriction, which again, we deliver uh, 
purely virtually and through behavior change. But if you combine those two things, uh, intensive patient management and support virtually with real doctors behind the screens, and then the right protocols, the right science, in light of our data, it truly is possible to uh, put type 2 diabetes into remission. But I want to spend a, a minute or two here on, on your other aspect of kind of food as medicine, if you will. Uh, you mentioned as nutrition. And I think to me, what's so fascinating about this is, is and, and I think so compelling to, to people with diabetes, is the concept that you can often do this with, without medications. You can often do this with, without surgical interventions. Right, that, that literally you have the ability to be both the patient and the prescriber. And, and with a field guide like Virta, this isn't like most wellness programs where it's like, well, I'll suffer now and I'll hope that I'll suffer less in the future. This is more about I'm going to get tangible benefit today. I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. Most of these medications are, are lifesavers in the right place, but they also come with side effects. And you have this unique opportunity to just change, as one of my mentors said, the conversation from kind of fear of dying, which isn't a really great motivator, to, to joy of living. So congratulations for kind of unlocking that key. But as somebody who's been kind of preaching this for, for two decades, you know, I, I know there's still skepticism out there, right? Like you mentioned early on, you said, is diabetes reversible? You couldn't imagine a world where that's true, right? And and we now know after decades of research and from data coming out of your company uh, that it is. This isn't about disease management. This isn't about diabetes management. This is about treatment. This is about cure. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about the resident skepticism that might still be out there, either in the medical community or the employer community or e even the patient community, and how Virta has gone about kind of tackling that and, and opening up everybody's eyes that, that there's a new way to look at this. Yeah, so, so you asked about skepticism among uh, patients and maybe even providers around type 2 diabetes reversal or remission. And no, you, you're absolutely right. And I, I would say, first of all, some level of skepticism is absolutely correct and expected. Just think about it this way. If you've been a diabetes expert in the field, for three decades, and you've been treating patients, and then somebody shows up and says, hey, we're gonna reverse type 2 diabetes, put it into remission. You'd go like, well, wait a second. I've been in this field for 30 years. There's just no way. I would have done this if, if that was possible. So I'd say some level of skepticism is, um, is warranted. Um, but things have changed actually pretty quickly. First, let me give you sort of a couple of anecdotes and then go into what's happening on, on a societal level or even in the science of type 2 diabetes. One is no amount of peer-reviewed publications is as powerful in convincing individual providers, if not even scientists, about type 2 diabetes reversal compared to one patient. And it's the same thing with providers. Obviously, Verda is a provider when we treat our patients, but patients have their own primary care provider. Primary care providers are sometimes skeptical, and you know, we send materials, send our peer-reviewed publications, say this is what's happening, this is what, how we've done it, skepticism. Then you have one patient out of your panel of, say, 2,500 who comes in back, A1C blood sugar may have been nine, high up there, it's down to six, patients completely off of insulin. We constantly hear these stories. I could not believe my eyes 
my TCP came to me and hugged me the first time in whatever five years that I've worked with this person. So I'd say that's one thing that seeing is believing, surprisingly, even in healthcare, that's so science and evidence based. And then there's obviously a lot of things that have happened in between, but then I'll, I'll jump into the other end of a spectrum, which to me, this was a watershed moment in type two diabetes care. And it's, it's October now when we are recording this, this podcast, about a month and a half ago, at the very end of August of this year, 2021, American Diabetes Association, in collaboration with a group of global diabetes scientists, key opinion leaders, issued a consensus paper, peer-reviewed consensus paper, which anyone can go and find, defining type 2 diabetes remission and reversal, what it means, how it can be achieved, and effectively saying, this is what we should aim for. Because I can tell you that when we started six years ago, and I was meeting with well-established large companies and their chief medical officers, I sometimes got eye rolls. Like, what are you telling us? You can't reverse type 2 diabetes. You can't put it into remission. And now it's widely out there. No, type 2 diabetes remission is real. Um, so that's it, very exciting. And to me, that's hope and light at the end of a tunnel. You know, one of the things I'm I'm struck with in, in looking at, um, you know, your members and your patients that go through through Virta is is almost the sense of of hope that gets reclaimed too. Um, you know, I, I read the testimonials and, and there's a lot there about I got off my medications, right? I, I got off my drugs. I don't have side effects. My hemoglobin A1C. There's a lot of numbers that that you know prove the case out that the scientists care. About, but there's also such a human element, I think, in the story sometime about I had lost hope until I never knew I could until. And, and to me, that's what medicine should really be about more than just the blood sugar numbers and everything else is really changing human lives to restore kind of hope and hope and joy. Well, first of all, we're as a company, you know, again, we are providers, so we're not anti medication. I mean, modern science. There's place for medication. Sometimes people are so far into type 2 diabetes spectrum that they can't, like they have zero insulin production, so they may need to be on a tiny bit on, a, on an ongoing basis. But there's this misconception, particularly in America, like when we started talking about diabetes reversal and remission, it was like, well, it's never going to work. Americans like to take the magic pill, and that is not true. It is absolutely so not true. People do not want to live with type 2 diabetes. They do not want to live with increasing, you know, doses of medication. We come up with all these side effects. So the desire to actually, you know, go back 10, 15 years where they may have started from, everyone has that. And so it's kind of misconception that people have, like, oh, that people just want the magic pill. And most of these pills, unfortunately, are injectables, and even the pills aren't magic. Uh, so I just wanted to share that because, and, and kind of, also tell this story so that people who are living with type 2 diabetes don't have that shame because nobody really wants to have it and they certainly don't have it for by choice either speaking of i, I love that 10 or 15 years ago too so so let's rewind the clock a bit i promise we go back to continuous remote care um and, and i'm struck by you know hopefully fingers crossed right the the tail end of the COVID 19 pandemic is is in sight and hope is on the horizon but but during that time, telehealth solutions saw an unprecedented level of adoption. I, I think primarily by necessity, not, not necessarily by choice. Um, but like 
you were virtual care before virtual care was cool. So as, as a technology entrepreneur and kind of a first mover in, in virtual healthcare, can you shed some light on, on your insights on how healthcare in general or how Virta specifically leverages technology and artificial intelligence to, to transform the way that care can be delivered? The reason Verda exists is, is outcomes. Um, that's what we that's what, what we tell to our patients that we can achieve. That's what we tell to our commercial customers, employers, and health plans. It's all about the outcomes. So we don't lead with features or say, hey, we have this cool AI. AI is the future. You should work with us. It's all about how can we help you to put your diabetes into remission and achieve these outcomes. Now, it, it's kind of like if you buy a car and there's obviously fancy cars like Tesla. Very few people care about what's under the hood or how complex the software is. They just want a car that works, that's convenient and wonderful. And that's uh, maybe a bad analogy for healthcare, but that's kind of how we always think about what's the, what are the patient outcomes and what's the patient experience. But under the hood, you're absolutely right. So uh, let's see, I'll, I'll pick a couple of things. So one is we would not even be able to do what we do without virtual care. So to be able to touch or interface with our patients two or three or four times a day. It would be impractical in person. It would be too expensive. You just would not be able to do it. So that's one element of the virtual care, that it, it solves the access problem, it solves the intensity problem, it solves the cost problem, um, and then, of course, if, when you combine that with remote monitoring and proactive care, you can also kind of be a step ahead of the patient. So that's just remote care. And then the other fancy word that you mentioned, AI or artificial intelligence or machine learning, again, we don't wave our hands and say, here's cool tech, you should buy this. However, we do use artificial intelligence, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of practical examples. So internally, we call it, we're not trying to replace doctors or coaches. We try to give them superpowers. We try to give them superpowers so that the humans can focus on what they do best, which is empathy, understanding the patient, and uh, like exception handling. So one example where we use AI is we score each of our patients on a real-time basis, and we try to detect ahead of time when somebody may be at risk of having an issue or having a retention issue or kind of being off the rails. And yeah, a human mind might say, if I look at these two numbers, I know if something's going up. But when you use machine learning, you can just feed all the information and say, hey, here's these 2% of patients who you should really pay attention. And maybe the remaining 98% today, you don't really have to worry about because everything's kind of going smoothly. So, so that's one example. And then another example is we try to surface useful information for our patients without overwhelming them. And sometimes it's obvious they may be searching or asking X, so they want X. But then there's many other instances where we don't really know what might be the next issue, but machine learning helps us from the tens of thousands of patients we've treated to figure out, hey, this is what the patients might be worrying about next. And so we can service it for the patient. So, so that's kind of the concept we use, giving our humans and clinicians superpowers with the help of technology. And maybe I'll, I'll throw the car example again without mentioning car brands. That's what the many car manufacturers are doing. They're saying, well, self-driving may be far out there, but we can introduce software 
machine learning that gives the driver some safety measures and superpowers that help you to keep the car on track. And that's kind of how we think of introducing AI into the workflows. I love that concept of, of superpowers to actually enhance the provider experience, but also on, on outcomes. Right? I, I always say, you know, you know what question you're trying to answer, and so then you design around that versus, candidly, a lot of technology solutions that, that I feel like are solutions in search of a question. They can do something, but they're not necessarily clinically meaningful. Right, and, and this is starting with what do we need to do to help? What do we need to do to solve? What do we need to to plus one or superpower? And then and then building from there. Given what you've done with with Virta, and and your own background as as an entrepreneur, if you had any advice uh, for future aspiring entrepreneurs looking to get into the healthcare space, uh, what one, two, or three things, either positive or areas of warning, would would you offer? Well, first of all, I, I would say um, meaningful problems that help individuals or the humanity are problems worth solving. And there's plenty of those in healthcare. So I would encourage a lot of smart people to try to come to healthcare and, and help improve things. But in terms of practical advice, what to pay attention to is, I would say, one, uh, healthcare is complicated for a reason. So I would think carefully how your approach or solution or treatment or whatever product you have can plug into as many existing distribution channels and payment models as possible. Because in healthcare, particularly US healthcare, the kind of the economic model and how do you go to market and how do you make it work with the system is about as important as the solution or as the thing or as whatever you're building. So that would be one thing I would really pay attention to because otherwise you may lose two, three, four years and, you know, early stage company, you kind of run out of cash in that time. So that would be one. The second thing I would say, particularly for people like me who come outside of healthcare, I think it's naive to be so arrogant that you say, I'm I'm just going to go in the middle and disrupt the industry. So I would say surround yourself with people who have been in the industry, who are amazing advisors or mentors or even team members or board members. And then yes, as a founder, you have this difficult task of listening carefully and selectively ignore. Listen carefully and selectively ignore because you don't want to take the entire old playbook because then you don't innovate anything. Um, but it is useful to listen to people who've been there and done that. So I know those would be my two, two pieces of advice for anyone coming into into the industry. Right, well, words of wisdom to live by. If we have any budding entrepreneurs or serial entrepreneurs out there, please please take note. Um, and I, th- I think with that, uh, Sami, again, we, we could go all day, but, but why don't we put a bow on it for now? And I wanna thank you for, for your time. It's been an engaging conversation. Um, I wanna thank all of our listeners for taking the time to to listen, uh, I hope for our listeners, you walked away with a, with a few key messages from Sami. One, that, that diabetes is, is, yes, a chronic condition, but it is reversible. Two, that, that Virta is a solution to, to help members and patients out there re- reverse diabetes. And I have no doubt that they're going to meet their goal of 100 million uh, reversing diabetes patients by 2025. And that through food is medicine and, and technology, 
they're actually changing the, the dynamic here. I would suggest everyone, if you want to learn more about Virta, visit virtahealth.com and join us next time as we continue to bring a healthy dose of insights and perspectives based on conversations with leaders such as Sami who are transforming healthcare for the better. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback, share your comments, positive, negative, uh, in between. Let us know your thoughts by writing a review on our website at doseofdialogue.com. And feel free to join the conversation on LinkedIn or Twitter at Dose of Dialogue. So with that, Sami, again, thank you for your time. I love the work you're doing. I love doing the work with you. And, and I look forward to our next conversation. 